This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 30. I am Craig, and over there... Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, not too bad myself. It's been a little while since I've seen your beardy, beardy face. <laughs> I'm here in the flesh. Yeah, it's nice. I still I still live. I'm not a myth. <laughs> All right. So today, uh, Chris, we're going to be talking about starting a business in a questionable economy. I am really fascinated by this topic uh, and fascinated by a few of the notes that you sent over. So I'm interested to get to some of these things. Uh, but why don't you intro the topic for us just a little bit? Yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk and there's been a lot of noise in the industry, you know, people commenting on um, some of our Facebook pages and on our websites about the, the state of the economy. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of where we're at, why the economy is the way that it is that, well, specifically the trucking industry, because um, it's kind of its own little animal in and of the itself in, inside the economy and what I think has caused us to be where we're at and kind of where I see things going. And then, and then really use that to kind of boil into, you know, is it okay to start a business when the economy is questionable? You don't know what's going to be happening with it. Is it a good economy? Is it strong? Is it, is it, uh, bad, soft? And, um, you know, there's, there's really pros and cons of both. There's pros and cons of starting a business when things are good. There's pros and cons of starting it when things are not so good. And, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I do want to remind people hollandassetsllc.com is where you can get the show notes uh, for this and other episodes. Uh, motorcarrierhq.com is where you can go get some of the tools uh, that we talk about on many of these episodes. Uh, anyway, I think that covers our bases on that. Uh, so, Chris, tell me a little bit about life on the road. Anything interesting happening? Um, the weather's definitely changing. It's uh, I got into what I thought was a, a little bit early of a snowstorm. I got caught in, this, in uh, Denver in the end of October, about the last week of October. It was a big, huge snowstorm that came through. It, I, I kind of it was kind of fortuitous because I, I, I timed it pretty well, not totally intentionally, but drove into into denver got there right as kind of the storm was starting to hit so only about the last two hours of my drive had any kind of precipitation um, coming from the east into denver get into denver um kind of early in the morning and i was supposed to do three drops in denver later that night and then go and deliver the rest of the load into salt lake city um i think the following day so anyway it snowed 12 inches end of october snows 12 inches yeah, it was it was a crazy week it even here crazy. in salt lake yeah and it was cold too the the high that day was like 10 degrees um so it, it got super cold um and it was my first time driving in the snow luckily like i said i was doing all the deliveries at night so there wasn't uh, a whole lot of traffic on the road i was able to kind of take my time but uh, I did make a, a good winter rookie mistake. And, and what was that? <laughs> well, apparently it's not a great idea to, you know, I, I was driving in, like I said, I hit that precipitation. So it was wet, cold, and I parked the truck, you know, set the brakes like I always do. And apparently it's not a good idea to set the brakes right after you've been driving in wet conditions and it, and it's going to freeze. Ice it, over, yeah. It, it actually froze the the brakes and the, the wheels. And so I had to... Um, 
break them apart when I got going again no that night. Yeah. So apparently the best thing to do when, when you're in that kind of a situation is um, stop, try to stop on a flat spot where you can throw some chocks out on the wheels and then just let your brakes cool um, with them not engaged so they don't right. freeze. Interesting. Oh, like I've never heard that before. Uh, I hadn't either, but and a bunch, I know and a bunch of vets are laughing at you <laughs> yeah, right now. I'm right? not sure a bunch of them. Are. Like I said, <laughs> if you're trying to learn how to drive a truck or the techniques of driving a truck, this is not the podcast for you. I'm good at the business side, and I'm learning the driving <laughs> side. So, and this is also probably not one of those things that they teach you. No, it's, it's, it's learn by hard experience. Yeah, not not in the truck driving school. I yeah. def, definitely didn't learn that. That's funny. That's funny. Okay, so um, so would you say that you know more about the weather now? that you've been driving a truck, do you pay more attention oh, to I, it than you used to? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, before I leave on a trip, you know, I, I, I try to keep a, a gauge on, there's a couple um, websites that I use and, and try to keep a gauge on what's happening over the next, you know, three to four days along the route that I'm going to be traveling on. In fact, uh, uh, the trip I just got back from, I diverted my route just a little bit and went further north than I was anticipating added about a hundred, hundred miles or so to my route, um, to avoid uh, a weather front. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, I, there's gotta be an app for that, right? There, there are a few there's apps always for that. An app yeah, for that. There's always an app for that. All right. So Chris, let's talk about the topic today, which is starting a business in what you said was a, a questionable economy, not even necessarily a bad economy. Um, but maybe let's, let's start in on this a little bit. What do you, what do you mean by this? So I kind of want to start a little bit off with kind of where the, the market is right now and kind of what's got us to where it is. Um, so if we take a little bit of a step back and we, we talk about the, the great recession, the great recession happened, you know, kind of started in 2017, ended in 2009. But the recovery has been a lot slower than most. It's been longer, but it's been slower. And so, think you know, freight volumes and rates have kind of steadily increased. Rates not as much as volume. The volume really has steadily increased since 2009. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Amazon. Yeah, that's probably a big part of it. But, you know, nothing crazy. There has been steady growth, but not, you know, what, what you would probably consider robust growth. So things just kind of you know, pittered along like that until really about 2018. So 2018 was actually just a phenomenal year as far as trucking rates go. Um, rates got really, really good. It got really easy to make money. Everybody was kind of making money hand over fist. And, and you, you kind of, to, to fail or to have things happen, you, you really kind of almost had to try for it because, you know, you, you didn't have to put too much smarts into it or effort into it. You didn't really have to do, I mean, you, you could pretty much just drive a truck and, and make money. And make I mean, money. You, yeah. It, it was, it was pretty easy in, in 2018. Okay. So 2018 was a pretty good year. How about this year? How are things looking now? So 28, 2019 hasn't been nearly as good of a year. The rates went, um, kind of in, in the toilet, not, you know, in the toilet compared to 2018, they're nothing like they were last year, but they're more like in line with what was happening in 2017. So things in 2018 shot up really high and then they came crashing back down in 2019. So I think it feels like it's more of a crunch than it really is because, you know, it it got up so high and then it came back down, but, um, it, it, it's really not too crazy from too far off from where things were, you know, even one full year ago or two years ago. So, so are you saying 2018 was kind of a spike, um, and 2019 feels 
a little bit down because of that, but it's more of a return to normal from the few years before that. Yeah, exactly. Yep, okay. that's a good. All right, that makes it. sense. That makes sense. And and I've got a pretty good um, idea of, of why that happened. I think one of the biggest um, contributing factors is just there is now a a lot more trucks on the road in 2019 than there had been in the past. And and if you kind of go through the numbers and look at it. Um, you, you, it kind of becomes a little bit more clear. We can kind of paint a clearer picture. So you, you, the the what's considered the class eight truck orders in 2018 just uh, went through the roof. Question from the back. <laughs> what what is it? What is it, Craig? What can I help you with? Uh, class eight. Class eight. So class eight trucks are are any truck that is rated at over 33,000 GVWR gross vehicle weight rating. So you know my semi, any semi is going to be a class eight truck. Oh, okay. All right. So the class eight truck orders in 2018 just went through the roof. Everybody's making money. And so the, all of a sudden everybody, so you, everybody wants, to wants buy. in. Yeah. They, they want to go capitalize on that opportunity. They want to spend some of that money on trucks. And so everybody orders trucks in 2018. And so I, I kind of want to go through some numbers. So I, I read a, um, I've, I've read a bunch up on this. A lot of the numbers that I'm, I'm going to be talking about, I got from, uh, articles I read, from transport topics, and they actually quote um, research from ACT Research, which is a, a pretty common researcher, you know, provides information in the trucking industry. And uh, so anyway, just just to kind of give everybody a little bit of an idea of how much of an anomaly as far as truck orders go in, in 2018. So in March of 2018, in March alone, there were 46,000 trucks ordered. 46,000 trucks in one month. 46,000 class eight trucks <laughs> oh, in man. one month. Okay. All right. And you know, that, that's, that's a lot of the trucks and that was actually more than double the volume of the previous March. Then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse as the year goes on. So you take August, for example, August hit a complete new record. There were 53,000 trucks were ordered just in the month of August. Well, you're saying worse and worse and worse. That uh, to me, that's an indication of a good economy. Well, People are are buying trucks, right? Yeah. I, so let me get to the worst part in just a little bit. But okay. Yeah. That, that I mean, it it sounds kind of almost counterintuitive because it is a sign of a strong economy, but. It, they, I, I think people went a little bit overboard with the number of trucks they ordered. And we're kind of seeing the results of that this year. And we'll kind of get to that in just a second. But okay. so August, 53,000 trucks were ordered and that was a new record. The previous record for August was 29,539 trucks. So almost half of what the new record is. So the, the record almost doubled. And that previous record was set in 2004. That's... So 15 years ago. Wow. So, I mean, th that's just crazy, the number of trucks that were ordered. So it, it went from not just, you know, a little bit of growth, like the freight volumes just kind of creeping along, growing a little bit. Well, all of a sudden people start making some pretty good money and they just order a crap load of trucks. Almost half a million trucks were ordered in the, the year of 2019. <laughs> okay. Wait, 2018. And me. how many drivers are out on the road in any given year? Um, there, there's a few million, but... Okay. It, but I'm just saying that as a percentage, as of a the percentage, drivers, it's a huge that's a lot number of trucks. of trucks added, and and a lot of those trucks. What's happening is the, the bigger fleets are are purchasing those trucks. They're replacing their another truck ones. with it. They're replacing their older ones. But those, it, it's a trickle down effect. Those older ones, all of a sudden, okay, they're hitting the used truck market, mm -hmm. and guys are buying those up. So you're adding almost, you know, probably not a full five hundred thousand new trucks 
in any given year, but pretty dang close to it. You're adding a whole bunch of new trucks into the market. Those new trucks are out going to find loads and wanting to make money. And, and so it, it just, it caused a big, um, it's flooding the market it's, with, it's, with new trucks, right? Absolutely. Completely flooding the market. And the thing is, is all those truck orders happened in 2018. Well, that's truck orders and those orders take a while. Those trucks have to get built. They don't get built right away. And so it may be six months from the time one gets ordered until it actually hits the market. So I see. things okay. were ordered in 2018, but a lot of those trucks that were ordered in 2018 didn't hit the market until 2019. And so and, that's why you're saying the rates maybe have come down a little bit in 2019 because just of the sheer volume of trucks I on the road. I think that's a huge contributing factor because the freight volume, the amount of freight that's being hauled in the country actually went up in 2019. Still going up. So the, the demand for freight went up, but the supply of trucks to haul that com- demand went up way higher than the amount of freight, than than the freight volume, that in, the increase in the freight volume. So it it just, it, it created a mismatch in the market. Right. Kind of, yeah, it sounds like a pretty classic supply and demand thing, right? It, I mean, I took economics in college. <laughs> I know what's going on here, Chris. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's just a, <laughs> it's a supply and demand issue. Way more supply of trucks than there is there was demand for freight. Even though the demand for freight increased, it didn't increase nearly at the pace that the, the, the number of trucks did. If you hear those jets in the background, that's just the sound of freedom. That's right? Isn't that what that is? <laughs> that's the, what is it, F-22s know, hitting their afterburner? <laughs> yeah, they're going, uh, we're, we're right outside Hill Air Force Base in Utah. And uh, I used to live not too far from the runway. And oh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. I mean, you'd hear those things taking off. At I night. love They'd them. shake things. Yeah, I it's, love them. It's I just, cool. we usually record in the evenings when they're uh, a little quieter. <laughs> when they're, yeah, when they're sleeping. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, anyway, sorry, back on topic. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't not comment on the uh, F-22s because uh, they're awesome. So I assume that this is going to correct itself, right? I mean, it can't, it's, trucks will be retired and et cetera, et cetera. This has got to correct itself eventually, right? So do you think 2020 is going to be similar to 2019? It, it will correct itself. And, and it's kind of hard to time exactly what the correction or how that will happen. So you, you take, for example... So if, if you remember right, you know, last year on average, you know, almost 50,000 trucks a month were being ordered. Right. Well, in January in 2019, that dropped to 15,800 trucks. Okay. So the, the previous year, it was 49,000 trucks in January of 2018. Now you drop all the way down to, to 15 trucks in 20, 15,000 trucks in 2019. So a huge a drop. Third, yeah, yeah. More than a third drop. And so it is correcting itself. And it, it, you know, it's kind of funny because we, it, you look at this and it's a lot of it's, it's psychology, it's human nature. You know, we have a tendency, you know, 2018, everybody, you know, kind of gets, uh, you know, gets in a little bit of a feeding frenzy. Freight rates go crazy. Everybody wants to capitalize on that. Everybody gets emotional about it. And so they all go, a lot of people go out and buy trucks because, you know, even the big fleets, they're like, well, I don't, I want to capture all that freight. I don't want my competition to get it. So everybody adds just a crap load of trucks to their fleets, um, to try to capitalize on that. And, and, and it just, it creates problems. And and then all of a sudden 20, or 2019 hits because you've got this flood of trucks in the market and not enough freight to keep all those truck trucks busy. So that causes the rates to go way back down. And now people are kind of like overcorrecting the other way. It's, it's like driving in a vehicle down the road and you know, that overcorrection thing. You, it's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. You see, you know, you, you're looking away from the road, you look down, you look up, all of a sudden you're going off the road. And, and so you turn way too hard 
to one direction that causes a vehicle to roll. It's the same kind of thing. People do that all the time with the economy. They just, they get emotional about something. They, they kind of they react viscerally. Yeah. Overcorrect. Exactly. And so that's why the economy has a tendency to, you know, you have really good years and you have bad years. It's those corrections, you know, uh, overall, over a long span of time, the economy gets better and better, but you've got those peaks and valleys because as humans, we have that tendency to get emotional and overreact at things and, you know, tighten the belt, loosen the belt, tighten the belt, loosen the belt. Then, right. You know, it, it causes that, that, uh, peaks and valley effect. Well, we've done quite a bit of, uh, market analysis, but I'm kind of curious about, uh, what what this means for somebody looking to start their business i i mean what i'm hearing is hey there's a there's a really great potential secondary truck market now right yeah go buy your truck yeah so it's a good time there are there's there's pros and cons of this so now you know do you you know what what's 2020 going to hold in store who knows i'm i'm kind of a an optimistic person i think as an entrepreneur you kind of have to be optimistic but who knows what's going to happen in 2020? Yeah, you know, it, it's definitely not going to be 2018. Um, you know, most of the research that I read says it, it's going to be probably still pretty similar to 2017 numbers. You know, you're not going to see a big increase or decrease in 2020. It's probably going to stay similar to 2019, which was similar to 2017. So, so not too much worse, but not, not too much, much worse, better. but don't expect it to get any better. But with that being said, you know, that whole, our, our Boy Scout mantra, I, I think we all need to be prepared. And so, you know, we, we need to take into account that we don't really know what's going to happen in 2020. And so we need to be ready and prepared for that. We can't spend like everything's going out of style. We got to be a, careful. I need a, I need a button here, Chris, for like a <laughs> savings alert. Chris is about to talk about saving talk money. talk about saving money again. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it seems to be a reoccurring theme, right? I need a siren or something. Okay. All right. So, um, so what you're saying is it's not going to be that much worse if it is worse. It's not going to be that much better if it is better. Um, so where does that leave entrepreneurs, people who want to start a business? You, you just have to be really careful. So let's, let's talk a little bit about this. And, and to, to kind of highlight this, I want to talk a little bit about my experience in, in one of my businesses. So um, again, like I mentioned earlier, the, the Great Recession officially started in June of 20, or no, excuse me, December of 2017, ended of June of 2019. A quick editor's note, I believe Chris meant 2007 to 2009. So if you're going to email us about anything, don't make it about that. Okay, let's carry on. And my dad and I bought Motor Carrier HQ, which at the time was Progressive Reporting Agency in in 2010. And that's kind of as the economy, you know, is starting to pull out of the recession, but was still struggling. It was trying to get on firm ground. Um, And many of the economists would actually argue that, you know, 10 years later now, 2019, the economy still hasn't fully recovered in a lot of sectors to where it was pre-recession Areas. I think in a lot of areas it kind of has recovered, but in some areas it hasn't. So, you know, I kind of, we, we bought that business when, you know, things were kind of at the bottom, things were, were, were not great. And, and I think in a lot of the ways that taught me a lot of good, good lessons. So you, you take, for example, the business itself at the time when we bought it, um, it was owned by two older brothers. Um, they had one of their wives working there and one of their daughters. So there were four people working there. The business had been losing about $20,000 a year each of the previous um, three years. So my dad and I buy this business that's struggling in a struggling economy. And, and you know, that kind of made me nervous. But I saw opportunities to um, kind of cut expenses. So 
for that first year, instead of, you know, four people working at it, it was me. And then I hired one other person. They all kind of walked off into retirement. Um, they, when they sold, they weren't planning on working. So I, I hired one person it was me and that one other person. And I just, I, I didn't feel like I could hire any more people to kind of, um, keep up with the previous workload. So what ended up happening is I worked a ton that first year and <laughs> I'm sure I did a lot of things to kind of improve efficiencies within the business so that, um, fewer people could do m- more work. And, and, you know, in that first year, we were able to kind of turn things around, um, our first full year in business, we were able to be profitable, which was good. But, um, you know, being in that down economy kind of forced me to learn a lot of principles, um, that I still use today that, you know, have, have helped me be successful in that business as business and other businesses. So you learned a lot, obviously. Uh, do you, knowing now what you do, would you have done the same thing? Would you have bought a business in a down economy? Or do you think you would have had a better or, you know, just a different experience if it had been in an up economy? I, th- I think the buying the business in the down economy was actually a good thing because we, we got it for a little bit better price than we would have if it was mm-hmm. in, a, in a strong economy. So that kind of helped was one of the things that kind of helped us manage our expenses. But a lot of it has to do with, with those, those habits. So you take the trucking industry again in 2018. I think a big part of the problem that people are experiencing now in 2019, as you're seeing trucking companies go out of business, they develop bad habits. They, you know, in 2018, because everybody's making so much money, you could go out and you could buy new equipment. You could go out and, you know, you didn't have to look at your expenses or control your expenses so much because you could make up for it with increased revenue. You know, if, if all of a sudden, Hey, I'm going to go out and buy a new truck. Um, you could afford the payment because you could work as much as you want and you could demand high rates and, and, and you could make that work. But, uh, when you buy something in a, in a down economy, that's really not an option. You can't do that. And so you develop habits of, you know, how can I control my expenses so that I can make it in this kind of a situation. And then when the ball flips and then when the, I guess the coin flips, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you could, um, you can kind of capitalize on higher rates when they come in because you've, you've learned how to control those expenses. And so when the, the coin does flip and revenue increases a ton and you maintain those good habits, you're just going to be that much more profitable. And so I, I think in a lot of situations, um, starting a business in a, in a down economy isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. So from what you're saying, it, it almost sounds like it's better to start in a down economy. Is that what you're saying? Yes and no. I, I think it's you can do well in, in either situation, I think. It's just knowing what you're getting yourself into and being prepared for it. And so that's kind of the thing as we close out this episode, what I really want to talk about is okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna start a business in a down economy, how do you set yourself up to give yourself the greatest chance of success? Well, yeah, and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but using the habits that you're talking about, yeah, uh, in a down economy is going to give you a leg up, right? Uh, because other people are going to be struggling if they're not implementing the same kinds of uh, of discipline, you know, measures that you're talking about, right? Yeah, because I mean, if you so can, could if, be an advantage. A down economy kind of forces you to be deliberate in every business decision that you make, and it teaches you how to run lean and um, be smart about things. And so then when, yeah, when the economy turns around, you've already developed those good habits and you're going to be able to capitalize that versus you start in a strong economy and a lot of guys just develop bad habits. And those bad habits, as soon as the economy starts to tighten up a little bit, 
they can't, you know, they, they're not going to be able to survive because, you know, you, you, you experience a really good growth period and you go out and buy brand new equipment, you increase your expenses. Well, as soon as things tighten up a bit, you can't go out and sell that truck. Right. You can't go out and turn it back in. You're stuck with that big expense. And, 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 and at that point it gets really hard to make it, make it work. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So uh, what other things would people need to think about if they're starting a business in a down economy? Because that is what we're talking about. And and uh, if it feels like we're encouraging people to just, you know, cheer for the economy to tank, that's not what we're saying, but, you know, take advantage of your situation. So what other things should people consider in uh, that case? That's a, that's a really good question. And I kind of want to talk about this. I, I, I want to take it in a direction that probably at least initially people aren't going to really um, think about. And um, I, I kind of want to use a, a, a little bit of an analogy to explain this. So, um, you've flown on a plane before, sure, sure, yes. Not <laughs> I, those, I, not those F twenty two. I wish. <laughs> yeah, I wish too. That would be fun. Um, I, I think most people have. But w- what's the one thing that happens every time you get in an airplane before the airplane takes off? Um, uh, let's see. Oh, the safety briefing. The safety, the safety briefing. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And and there's one specific part of that safety briefing that, that always kind of sticks out in my mind and kind of seems counterintuitive. You know, they they talk about the oxygen mask and sure. the oxygen masks drop down. Um, and and the thing that always kind of for you know, especially when I was younger, that just didn't seem to make sense for me. It said you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help the little kid next to you or before you help anybody else. And, you know, I've, I've kind of thought about that over the years. And, and once you really think about it, it makes sense because, you know, you've got to be in a good situation and, and to be able to help anybody else out. You know, if you're flying at 30,000 feet and all of a sudden you lose pressure in the cabin, the oxygen goes way, way down and you pass out while trying to help somebody else get their mask on, you can't help that person. You're not in a good in a good situation. That's why you put it on yourself first and then you help somebody else out so that you're taken care of. And when you're in a, in a good state, then you can help other people around you. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, this makes sense. I feel like this is, uh, intuitively true, but where are you going with this as far as your business advice? So the same thing happens with you personally, before you can really go out and start a business, um, everything has to be in good order at home. So let, let's, let's talk about this first. I, and I think that really boils down to two things. Your personal finances have to be in a good situation. You know, it, a, a, it's never really a good idea to go into business if you're living paycheck to paycheck because you, you've got to have money, um, one, to fund that business and get it started. And, and sometimes you, you have to cut your personal expenses for a little while temporarily to kind of help to get things off the to go do ground and to support the business. And so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you just don't really have the flexibility to be able to do that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Sounds like it would be good advice at any time, right? Not just a down economy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's just in a down economy, it's, it's extra critical because there's just, there's not as much room for error when you're in a down economy. You know, you've got to have all your I's dotted, your T's crossed, you know, Everything's got to be tight and um, there's just not much room for error. And so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, there is literally no room for error and you just can't do that in a a down economy. Okay. Then on top of that, you know, I I think your relationship and you personally have to be in a good, you know, in a good situation because 
Um, you know, starting a business that first year is always stressful. It's always going to be hard on you. And so if your personal life is in shambles kind of in, in any way, then you're going to really struggle because you're just adding fuel to a, a fire that already exists. You so, mean gas? Um, yeah, it could. You that In that situation, hey, we can use gas there, Craig. That's, <laughs> that, that'd work. That's okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I imagine if, uh, if your relationship is struggling, if you're married or you're involved uh, with somebody, then being out on the road 22 days a month or whatever it is, is not going to help things if uh, if it's not pretty rock solid, right? Yeah, t- typically it's not. And so it's important that if you are in a relationship with somebody, you're both on board, you both know what you're getting yourselves into, you're both committed. Um, you know, that that's, again, that's one of those things that's important anytime you start a business, but again, in a, in a down economy, it's just that much more important because a lot of the times you have to, you're going to have to make some additional sacrifices you might not have had to make before. Yeah. This is the second week in a row, by the way, that we've gotten into like marriage counseling stuff. Uh, this is not exactly my comfort zone, Chris. <laughs> well, hopefully it ends better than last week because I got in a little bit of trouble calling my wife out on the Christmas thing last week. Uh, I, I can imagine, maybe a little. Uh, okay, so yeah, having those common goals and both being on board, obviously that's going to be yeah super, super important. So uh, anything else that you want to mention as far as yeah, things to consider for a down economy or or anytime really you're starting a business. Yeah, it, it it's really just kind of managing those expenses, and you've got to be super um, super cognizant of of all your expenses and be extra careful with them. So you take for example, um, when my when my dad and I bought Motor Carrier HQ, we got it because it was a down economy. We got it at a little better price. So thing that that helped, you know, in in a down when rates are down in the trucking industry, that usually means that. Um, the uh, the the price of trucks is down. You know, with all those trucks mm. that hit the market um, in in this last year, it flooded the used truck market, and and truck prices are going down, and they're probably going to continue to go down. Used truck prices, and so you might be able to get a truck for a really good deal, and that's going to reduce your cost per mile, and and you that that'll help keep those expenses low so that even if rates drop down, you're still going to be able to, to make it. Buy low, sell high, right? I saw the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, there are going to be ways that people can start to track their expenses even before they get out on the road, right? They can, they can start to uh, use a, a cost per mile calculator to get an idea of what they can expect, right? Yeah. Uh, some of the tools that we've got over on MotorCarrierHQ.com. Yep. Yeah, so... You know, before anybody in, in this market gets into things, use that MotorCarrierHQ.com um, cost per mile calculator. Just really make sure you go through every last one of those things. You've got those expenses nailed down. You know exactly what they're going to be, so you know what that cost per mile is. And and you, you know, if if your cost per mile is a dollar seventy and rates right now are a dollar eighty, and they could get down to a dollar sixty, you might be in trouble. But if you can get your rate down, your cost per mile down to a dollar fifty, and rates right now are a dollar seventy, they're probably not going to move that, that far down. Um, yeah. And 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 the other thing that's that's kind of good with this, and and one advantage owner operators have is they don't have nearly the overhead big trucking companies have. And so a lot of the times, a, a good smart owner operator who's able to control their fuel costs their driver costs, you know, things like that. They can, you know, they compete, can compete against, against the big guys because their operating costs are just going to be lower. Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. So 
All right, so in a down economy, we have some advantages. Uh, yeah, there are going to be downsides. I mean, it is a down economy, and so you've got less room for error, like you were saying, but it may be a good time to uh, buy a truck on the cheap, relatively. Yeah. Uh, it may be a good time to uh, to get some loads that you might not otherwise be able to, or that you might not if you were part of a fleet because your expenses are going to be yeah, and lower. Then, and fleets can't take take some of those loads at the cheaper price that you might be able to. So yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot of little advantages like that. You know, maintenance costs should go down because, you know, a, a lot of the times in a, in a slower economy, the, there's not as much flip freight being hauled. And so there's not as many trucks on the road, not as mm-hmm. many breakdowns and the repair shops are looking for businesses as well. They'll, they'll fight over for each other over price on, on things and so a, a lot of those things kind of come down a little bit and you can manage those costs a little better and 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 it it can be an advantageous thing another thing that i think's a benefit of starting in a in a softer economy um, or should should at least make it so you're not totally afraid to do that is you know one of the hardest things about trucking you know when you're getting started is finding freight for a brand new authority and um, in you're typically even in a really strong economy because you're a brand new guy, you're not going to be able to get the best rates. You're not going to make a whole lot of money anyway. And so if you can go through that first year period when things are already down a little bit, you're, you're typically not gonna, um, you're not sacrificing those big profits because you're a small guy, a new guy. So if you, um, do that when the economy is a little bit strong anyway, you're, you're, operating at a time when you're probably not going to make any money anyway. And then when the year or two passes and things recover and the economy gets good, you're, you're established. You've probably got some direct relationships and you can really at that point start to make money versus, you know, jumping in when the economy's strong for the first time and being forced to be on those lower tiers because you're, you're new and nobody's going to give you those higher rates. Right. Does that make sense? I, I feel think, like I rambled a little bit there, Craig. No, I think uh, it makes sense to me. And, uh, and your experience may uh, help to illustrate that and bear that out with, you know, when you purchased that business 10 years ago. So, um, yeah. And I would be curious to hear what other uh, drivers' experiences are. If they want to hit us up on Facebook or hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, if you're an owner-operator already, when did you start your business? How did it go? You know, how was the economy and, and what sort of adjustments did you have to make either way? Uh, and if you're thinking about starting a business and you're worried about the economy, I'd love to hear people's specific questions about their situations and uh, and see if we can address some of those. Yeah, that'd be great. We can address them on the, the website or on, on Facebook or uh, even, you know, some of them might uh, address in future podcast episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully uh, you will all vis- visit us there. Search Holland Assets on Facebook. Uh, find us at hollandassetsllc.com. We do actually read those comments we that do. you leave. Yeah, so, sure. <laughs> so we will see them. And uh, we would love to hear from you, especially on this subject. So, Chris, we feeling good today? Yeah, let's maybe just summarize it a little bit. Um, Tell me what you got out of it, Craig. Uh, So what I got out of it is uh, a down economy or a questionable economy like we have right now. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Not quite sure where things are going to go. It scares a lot of people into not wanting to take the risk. They feel like it's a huge risk to start a business um, and now is not the right time. Let's wait till things are really great. Uh, but that may be not just 
it, it may be ill-advised, right? If now's the right time, now's the right time, and you can work with a down economy. You can work with a down economy. I think that's kind of the the, the point is is just because we don't know what's going to happen in the future, and the economy may go down, and but that's not necessarily a total disqualifier because there are advantages. You just have to be careful about what you're doing. You have to be a little more deliberate. You have to be more conscious of, of everything. And, and it's probably more important than ever that you know your personal financial situations in, in a fairly strong spot, you know, if you're already kind of teetering on the edge, don't now's not the time to do right. it. Right. Okay, absolutely. Well, I feel inspired, Chris. All right. Even Let's... you know, even though uh, cable news tells me that everything's <laughs> fine right now, it's fine. Okay, Chris. Yeah, yeah allegedly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope to see you on social media and elsewhere. HollandAssetsLLC.com for show notes and comments. Uh, Chris, I guess I will see you next week. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, if not see me talk for sure. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode 30. Today, we are talking about starting a business in a questionable... <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast.